For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. And welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. It's such a beautiful day right now. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're walking in relationship with Jesus and and just glorifying Him in everything that you say and do and in all your friendships and encounters with people. I pray in Jesus' name that you be activated to bring Him glory and to speak life and destiny over people right now. I want to encourage you guys. I've never done this before. I'm not being sponsored for this or anything like that. But my friend Ryan Hendrickson, he wrote a book called Tip of the Spirit. Very inspirational story about being an explosive ordnance disposal career army guy. Uh, I don't want to spoil the story or anything like that, but he's got a, a clothing brand called Wrong Step. You could find that. Follow Ryan Hendrickson on Facebook, on Instagram. He's demining landmines in Ukraine, in the Ukraine, helping the farmers out there as he's doing this all for the glory of Jesus. So check out his gear, Wrong Step. But guys, I'm excited for today's conversation. I have Maureen Broderson with me, who has got this incredible book called Victorious Spiritual Warfare. So we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, about prayer, about your identity in Christ. And I want to encourage you to share this episode right where you are. Text it to someone, tweet it, uh, post it on Facebook or zap it or any Gitter or other social media channels because Maureen and I have a special connection through Dr. Jim Jenkins, who's been a, a guest on this podcast before and one of my previous Bible college professors. I've endorsed his book about 9-11. But guys, this book by Maureen is Victorious Spiritual Warfare, and she's an ordained minister in the Foursquare Church and serves as a member of the pastoral ministry ministry team at the Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California, and she teaches equipping classes and provides pastoral care, and she's a certified John Maxwell team leader. Uh, I know she's been part of cleansing streams, seeing people healed and filled with the Holy Spirit and set free in Jesus' name. So please help me welcome Maureen Broderson to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here with you, Jared. Well, the honor is all mine. Um, Maureen, I would love for you to share your story of how God called you into prayer and into spiritual warfare, and because uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But can you also describe, maybe some people don't understand spiritual warfare, or maybe they've been involved in excesses of spiritual warfare, but can you give us a biblical grounding of what it is and what we're supposed to do? Okay, scripture is very clear that we have been born into a world at war. And if we just look through 
the Gospels, we see that Jesus, his whole ministry affirmed that there was kingdom against kingdom, that there was dark against light. A third of his ministry was victoriously overcoming the realms of darkness. So we, we can't, as followers of Christ, ignore that element of the ministry and of his commission to us. There truly is the finished work of the cross, and that is our redemption. There is nothing we add to it. There is nothing we did to deserve it. We can refuse it, but we, all we need to do is receive the love that he gave his life to give us. But there also is an unfinished work of the cross, and that's the ministry of Jesus Christ. And we read in Ephesians that the manifold wisdom of God is, be, is to be made known by the church to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness for God's glory. That's our assignment. That, that's a job. <laughs> and that's what God chose to do. We get to partner with all of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, in letting the enemy know that we know his authority has been destroyed. When God gave authority, dominion over all of creation to Adam and Eve, they surrendered that in their disobedience, and he took it back. And when we think about Jesus' experience in the wilderness, when he was tempted by Satan himself, the part where he, Satan took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and the enemy said, this authority has been given to me, and I can give it to whomever I want. And if you will worship me, it will all be yours. And many of us are familiar with Jesus' response. He responded with the word, which is one of our most dramatic spiritual weapons. But he said, no, I will worship God and God alone. Get behind thee, Satan. But we have to always also think about what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, wait a minute, uh, that authority isn't yours to give. Give me a break. Get out of here. Because at that time it was. Adam and Eve surrendered their authority when they disobeyed. Same thing we do. When we sin, we give a place to the enemy. We give him a foothold in our life. Did God know we would? Absolutely. And he's given us a remedy for that. And we find that in 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sin one to another and we humbly repent, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. So when Jesus died and in the resurrection, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took back the authority that Adam and Eve had surrendered. And then he said to his disciples, I give you authority and power over all the power of the enemy. And he didn't say over the authority and power of the enemy. He said over all the power. So the enemy most assuredly does have power, but he has no more authority unless we surrender it. So our job is to stay current with God, repent when we sin, don't give place to the enemy, and we can live a victorious life. There were things going on in my family. I thought, 
my gosh, life is just hard. This stinks. We're working hard. We're doing our best. We love the Lord. We're going to church. But why is it always so hard? And the Lord said, this is a battle that I have won on your behalf. It's time to rise in the spirit. Take authority over the darkness. Believe who you are in me. And that was my greatest challenge. I had given place to unbelief. I just thought I was a nobody. Why would the enemy hate me? I mean, I get why somebody raised in Satanism, he's not going to like them, but he wouldn't care about me. But then I read in Revelation that the enemy was enraged with the woman and he couldn't stop the birth of Jesus Christ. He knew his end was near. And it said he went off to make war with her offspring and all who hold the testimony of Jesus Christ. Guess who that is? It's all of us. And God has empowered us. He has equipped us. It is our role to impose his victory on Calvary into every circumstance of our life. And we can know the victorious life over the realm of darkness. The enemy knows it. He just hopes we don't know it or perhaps we've forgotten. But it's our time. Yeah, you mentioned victorious. So victorious, the victorious life, the abundant life. Uh, What is victorious spiritual warfare in a nutshell for people? Because, um, and what does that look like? Because I've been part of groups where we could work up a sweat. (laughs) I think we end up feeling good about it. But I, I probably won't even go there. It's just, it was a good prayer time. It was a little, little intense, but what does victorious spiritual warfare applied look like? And, and how can we know um, that we're walking in victorious spiritual warfare? Well, early in my book, I define spiritual warfare and, and much of this definition I learned from Pastor Jack Hafer sitting under his ministry for 40 years. But it, it, it involves worship and prayer the effective victorious outcome of which is the manifestation of the rule of God, the reign of his power and the glory, the glory of his kingdom, the revelation of his kingdom. It is an intentional confrontation with the realms of darkness and the power of the spirit. We have all the power of the Holy spirit who raised Jesus from the dead alive in us. We need to believe it. I think unbelief is one of our biggest challenges that we really do think, who am I? And the enemy loves that. And then there is those extremes that think everything is the enemy. I I don't know about you, but I get myself in my own trouble. (laughs) And part of living a victorious life is, is engaging the Holy Spirit's gift of discerning of spirits for one. There are three voices we hear from all day long, and we cannot rightfully respond if we don't know who's talking to us. And that's what that gift is for. It lets us know whose voice we're hearing. So when we hear the voice of a loving Father God, we respond in obedience. When we hear the voice of our own flesh, we respond with discipline. And it it doesn't happen by trying. It happens by training. If we think our flesh doesn't talk to us, 
what what if I were to say, Jared, and all of our listeners, between now and let's say a week from today, let's all go on a complete fast and talk to God about this topic of warfare, starting right now. But you know, what was your first thought? Uh, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> start in the morning so I can eat a big dinner. <laughs> uh, so that's your yeah, thought. It's, it's, it's almost mm -hmm. like I'm just thinking of me, 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 and I, I feel bad about that. Yeah, that's the flesh. So we know. We hear from our flesh. And that's what the disciplines are for. And when we hear the voice of darkness, we do what Paul says, resist the enemy and he will flee. The enemy is not death. We don't need to scream. We don't need to shout. We do need to speak. Because he can't read our minds. God alone knows the heart and mind of man. That's right. And the enemy wants you to think he can read your mind, but he is an observing being. So he knows stuff about us and he'll whisper stuff like, remember what you did yesterday? But we can resist him. And sometimes it involves prayer. Sometimes it involves getting in the presence of the living God. We get the enemy on Calvary's ground. He has no defense. He will run the other way. Sometimes we have, it's like when you garden, you might have little rocks in your garden and you can just flick them out with your finger. Sometimes people have been ensnared or trapped by a, a thing of darkness for many, many years, maybe even through the generations. And that might require a, a little bit of a different kind of prayer. And sometimes you'll want someone who understands spiritual warfare to come alongside you and pray with you. But the battle belongs to the Lord. The enemy, as, as you said, in John 10, came to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's important to see that that's a progression. He steals things from us. It might not be our jewelry, but he takes things. How, how about our hopes? How about our dreams? How about our health? And then if that's not good enough, if he can pull us deeper into bondage, he'll kill those things off. Mm -hmm. And he might not kill us physically. I think if he really could, we'd all be dead by now. So so I'm anyway, I won't go there. But he'll kill off hopes. He'll kill off dreams. And if that's not enough, then he destroys them. And when we, we know, when we understand in the original text, destroy means more of, as if it never was. Hmm. There's no evidence. Now you forget you even ever had a dream. And you just surrender. But Jesus, there's not a lot of scripture that tells us exactly why he came. We know he came to seek and save the lost. To bind the wounds of the brokenhearted. To heal the sick. But we read also in scripture that he came to destroy the works of the enemy. Yeah. He didn't bother with the progression. He's just like, no, no. I'm destroying it. And that's what he has for us. As if that bondage, as if that snare, that entrapment was never there. And we can walk in the freedom that he gave his life to give us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's so good. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? And do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called The Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people received the promised gift. 
The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with the divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. I appreciate you emphasizing pr- uh, prayer and worship, you know, the presence of God. I, I think that sometimes, and God bless some of these movements that delve into some of these things. I think sometimes they got too much of a devil focus, yeah. you know, sure. The devil's involved, the, the enemy, the demons, you know, the, they're fallen, fallen mm-hmm. creations, you know, and hell was created for them, you know? Uh, but I think sometimes we get too devil focused, but I appreciate you talking about the presence of God worships prayer, because that is so key to this. And your book is full of, um, you know, biblical anecdotes, biblical, you know, scriptural references as well. So I appreciated that. Uh, But when it comes to, say, practicing some spiritual warfare, I think identity, knowing who we are in Christ is very key. I have seen some people through personal experience not know their identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. They engage in spiritual warfare alone, binding and rebuking things they know nothing about, and then they go crazy end up in a psych ward, end up uh, schizophrenic and things like that. Very tragic situations that I've been part of, but I've seen God break through and bring healing to those people in those types of situations. But for identity in Christ, what is a couple of keys you think that people should know before they engage in uh, spiritual warfare or wrestling with with the darkness? I think one of the most challenging things that in my ministry I faced was people who just, again, didn't believe who they were in Jesus. But God has called us. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms. It's so important to understand in the temple, there were no chairs in the Holy of Holies. The priest never sat because the, the sin was ongoing. It was never completed. It was atoned for but the minute someone sinned again, then, then the work was again needed to be done. So no one sat down when they were making sacrifice. But when Jesus rose from the dead, after he finished his time on earth and ascended into glory, the word assures us he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And because he sat down, it tells us two things. His sacrifice was accepted and his sacrifice was enough. When he said on the cross, one of his final words, it is finished. Our English translation kind of robs that of its legal and accounting implications. We think of a race and the race is over. It's finished and and Jesus won, hooray. But it's more than that. It's more than that. And we don't really have a good word to define what tetelestai means actually. But in in its accounting terminology, it means there was a debt incurred and now it has been paid in full. And the Greek tense of that verb is 
perfect passive indicative, I think. I don't, you know, that doesn't matter. It means it goes on and on. So any debt incurred from that point on will also be paid in full by this event. It will continue on. And a legal term, it is, it is done, it is paid for. It wasn't just excused. It was paid in full and will continue. And that is the benefit we have. And I've had so many people say, no, well, Maureen, you pray for me. I, I can't pray for myself. And so we have the same Holy Spirit alive in us. The same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. We don't have junior Holy Spirit. We don't have 10% of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not leave us alone to navigate this life, to fight this war with the enemy. He left us himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. And then he calls us to, again to impose his victory on Calvary. And he gives us signs and wonders that we, as just human nature, we tend to forget. We forget the miracles, the times of his faithfulness, the times of his goodness, just like his people Israel. I'm good grief. They walked through the Red Sea. And just days later, they're like, oh, he brought us out here to kill us. You know, but remember, remember, God is calling us to remember his work on the cross. And it is fulfilled. It is done. And we just don't have to tolerate the enemy's opposition to us. We can tell him. I, my favorite thing is to tell the darkness, you got a problem with what Jesus just did in me? Go talk to my dad. <laughs> You know, I didn't say it. He said it. He, he said it right here. So if you don't like it, go talk to him. I'm, I'm done with you. I'm over it. And there, he has no defense. We just have to know who we are. We are blood-bought sons and daughters of the living God. The cost he paid was high. And we don't want to ever diminish it. And we think these little things that snare us, my daughter just called this the other night and said, I had this horrible sense. It woke me up. I thought my husband was crowding me, but he wasn't. He was on the other side of the bed. It was just a darkness that was pressing on me. And she said, you know, I got up and I prayed and it broke. And I think it was related to fear and anxiety. They moved. She's got some job interviews and she just took a deep breath and it was gone. It was broken because she knows that God, she didn't need to call me in the middle of the night. She took care of it because she knows we don't need to scream. We don't need to shout. She didn't need to wake up her kids and have a drum roll or anything. She told the enemy, I will not tolerate this in my life. You may not rob me of my peace and my joy. I command you in the name of Jesus, leave, go. And she was done. Good. That reminds me of a story about Martin Luther, the great reformer. And the story goes, this is secondhand, so I'm not sure if I read it in a, in a book. or uh, The story goes that Martin Luther woke up feeling this dark presence in his room. And so here's the great reformer. You know, he's been ostracized by the Catholic Church. The Reformation is going. He's leading it. And he, I guess he rolls over. And he sees the devil himself at the foot of his bed. And he said, oh, it's just you. 
then he rolls back over and goes to sleep. I think that that's a, a concept, like what you're talking about, your daughter. I think that these are concepts that we need. Jesus won the victory already on the cross. Amen. We still fight. We still war. There are still battles, but the war has been won. Amen. We're just waiting for the king, right, to come Amen. back. And I, I say this in my book. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. And if we get a hold of that, we are fighting from the position of Calvary, where the enemy's authority was taken back and has been given to us. So we're, we, yes, will there be battles? Did God's people fight for the promised land? Of course they did. And, but God was with them. He told them, don't just hope for it. Don't just dream for it. Go in and occupy it. Where will there be a battle? Yes, there will. Will you win? Yes, we will. Sometimes we lose the battles, but we will win the war. And we know it. We have victory in Jesus' name. Awesome. Gosh, I can ask you so many more questions, but <laughs> this is so good. But can you share, I guess, the process about your book, Victorious Spiritual Warfare, how God gave that to you? And then, because um, you were kind of sharing a little bit with me before we went live about the process. So I'd love to go there real quick. Okay. The, um, I had been teaching, uh, we'd been ministering freedom ministries for over 40 years. And I kind of thought, well, you know, that it's been a wonderful, glorious life. And then I was invited to teach at a, a very big church in Southern California. And the pastor who asked me to come, he asked me to teach an all day workshop. And he said, in all of our history, we have never addressed this topic. And I'm going to be in the workshop with you. I've heard about you from credible sources. We want you to come. We need to know this because we're struggling. And, and even before that, when I used to teach in the seminary, I always asked my students, why did you enroll in the class and what do you hope to learn? I had a pastor the first day raise his hand. He goes, I used to think the enemy was a sleeping dog. And if I didn't kick it, it wouldn't bother me. But Things have happened in my church and my family. I'm seeing that that position is not serving me well, and I don't know what to do about it. Right away, I recognized two fatal errors. I acknowledged his humility and, and the pastor who had invited me to teach as well. But the enemy is not asleep, and he is not a dog. He is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is not the lion. It says, like a lion. There is one lion of the tribe of Judah and God's eyes search to and fro for those that love him, that he can bring strength to them and glory to them. But so the enemy is prowling. He's wanting to take us down. We have to tell him, no, no, it's over. So anyway, back to this big church. I taught all day. There was no pushback. The people were hungry. It was a marvelous day. And when I walked out to go back to my car that long day, God said, I want you to write a book about this. There, there are so many thousands of people. They just don't know. No one has ever told them. It needs to be simple. It needs to be relatable. Tell the stories. Mm -hmm. Tell the stories of who I am and how I've moved through you because they need to know. We're being overcome by the darkness. You know, the darkness used to be kind of stealth. It is not anymore. It's right up on the surface. 
And I hear so many believers say, oh, where is God? Oh, my gosh, does he even know? Does he care what's going on? I'm like, no, no, no. No, we don't want to be complaining. This is our time to rise in the spirit and assume our role in the spirit and know the victory that is ours. We will make God's will known to the principalities and powers for God's glory. It's our time, beloved. We cannot give in to complacency. It is a war that God is calling us to, and it is a war fought on our knees. We don't need to scream. We don't need to shout. We need to discipline our flesh, obey the leadings of the Father, and refuse the darkness. That's so good. So uh, I've, as I told you, I've only got like three more chapters of your book. I, I love to read the books of all my guests. I want to read them all the way through. It's a way for me to honor my guests on the program. But with your book, I honestly felt, you mentioned how practical it was. I honestly felt like I was in like a mentoring session, having a cup of coffee with you, you know, like, like you're the teacher. There's a couple students sitting around at a table, drinking coffee, going through the Bible. So I, I want to just share, share that with you is very, very relational in, in my, my mind. Um, I've got some chatters here uh, who kind of asked some questions or whatever, uh, but it's um, for the, for this conversation, I just want to encourage them that we do offer spirit empowered coaching. I just did a couple of sessions today, one-on-one phone calls, zoom calls for people to receive breakthrough, to be set free. So um, we've got some of those links, email info at firebornministries.com to schedule a zoom call with me. But um, uh, so if anybody of you needs freedom, that's spirit empowered coaching, but back to Maureen, um, on Victoria's spiritual warfare, can you pray for us to to know who we are, whose we are in Christ, and then walk in victory, enforcing the cross? Because as you're talking, I I just keep seeing an image of the cross, just like like in the spirit, you know, just I I, I keep seeing it, even though I'm looking at the computer, I'm seeing the cross enforcing the cross that's the victory from calvary you said it earlier we fight from victory we fight from victory and that victory is from the cross so can you pray for us absolutely my pleasure lord we surrender ourselves to you our good shepherd and i thank you lord that you have taken us out of this fallen world and you have empowered us to victoriously overcome the darkness and the corruption that seems so pervasive. Lord, you have intentionally designed each one of us, not just Jared and me, but every one of you who are listening to this broadcast and those who will listen in the future. You have commissioned us and equipped us to overcome the evil one, to impose your work on Calvary, into our daily experiences, not just on Sunday at church, but on the Wednesdays and Thursdays of life with our children, with our grandchildren and our families. We do not fight against flesh and blood. Our husbands, our wives are not our enemies. Lord, we we need to start looking at who the enemy really is and know that it is not those around us. It's not nation against nation. It's not denomination against denomination. It is the realm of darkness. And we come from that position of victory, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we are so privileged that you have chosen us to be the vehicles of implementing your victory into our life's experience. We thank you that you've redeemed us from an empty way of living and that you continue to heal and restore and set us free. It will be line upon line and precept upon precept. Will there ever be a day when we don't have another battle to face in glory? That day will come. But for now, you are training us. This is boot camp that we will rule and reign with you in glory for time and all eternity. So, Lord, bring it on. Teach us. Empower us. Let us understand the realization of your presence is the the recognition of your presence is the realization of your power. Your presence in us, with us, as close as the air that we breathe. We can know victory over darkness in every area of our life, in our families, in our children and their children, in our neighborhoods, in our nation. Lord Jesus, it's not about political parties. We pray for our leaders because we do that in obedience. Lord, open their eyes to see what's really going on underneath what's going on. That our physical experience is a shadow of a deeper reality. And it's a spiritual reality that informs the physical reality. It's not the other way around. So Lord God, strengthen us, empower us. I cast down and destroy that awful work of unbelief that we are not empowered or we're a nobody. You are called of God. You are anointed. You are appointed as agents of the kingdom of God. We destroy that work in the lives of everyone who listens in Jesus' name. We will not give in to complacency or apathy. We will rise in the spirit and assume the role that you have called us to take in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I feel impressed right now that if by the Holy Spirit, if anybody out there does not have a relationship with Jesus right where you are, commit to him as king, as Lord of your life. Maybe you understand darkness around you, but I believe that the peace that surpasses all understanding will come upon you and that darkness will flee when you give your life to Jesus right now. Amen. Commit to him as king, commit to him as Lord, commit to him as friend, talk to him every day, repent of your sins, turn away from those things, get plugged into, into a great church, walk in obedience to the word of God. Yeah. So, guys, this was a very powerful interview with my new friend. Maureen, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information, but also get a copy of your book? Uh, it's available at amazon.com barnesandnoble.com christianbooks.com here's what it looks like so you know you have the right book <laughs> um, my website is simply my name maureenbroderson.com in there there are links to all those places where you can purchase also there's a form you can fill out if you would like to get in touch with me i love to teach <laughs> i think maybe you could talk that i love words <laughs> I'm much more of a teacher than a preacher, but I love it. And I will travel. I will come. We'll do seminars. It's my favorite thing. I know 
that it was what I'm created for right now. So I'd love to get in touch. Well, thank you so very much. I want to encourage everybody, the marinebroderson.com is on the screen. So check out her website, check out her blogs, check out her resources, read Victoria's Spiritual Warfare. And don't forget to subscribe and share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. It's available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's just amazing what God does with my very special guests, such as Maureen. He touches people through this. And so I know that people, after listening to this conversation, will be walking in victorious spiritual warfare. So thank you so much, Maureen, for being my guest. Thank you, Jared. God bless you, sir. So much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.